Imagine with me, if you would please, the topic. Say it with me, please. Say messy. messy. Today, we continue our study, and it's a conversation that God had with Moses. And it's in Exodus chapter 20, and it's a conversation that God had, and he said, listen, I'm concerned, I'm really concerned that if we're not careful, things are going to get messy. And there were 10 things that he was worried about that would get out of control. Ten problems. The first problem he categorized as things that have to do with our relationship with, with him. The second category he's concerned about is our relationship with ourselves. The third category is our relationship with other people. So let me phrase it this way. He calls Moses up and he says, hey, listen, uh, I'm going to write these ten things down for you. You know them as the Ten Commandments. And he says, I want you to know there are three things at the top of the list I'm concerned with. And all three have to do with how people relate to me. First of all, I'm concerned that they would want to have other gods in front of me. So the first commandment is thou shalt have no other god before me. I want you to make sure everybody's clear about that. Second thing. I want you to know that I'm concerned, Moses, that they're going to start carving their own gods. And thirdly, I'm concerned that they're going to take my name in vain. I'm concerned about that. And then beyond that, Moses, I'm concerned with not only how they relate to me, I'm concerned with how they take care of themselves. They're going to work themselves to death. They'll take no Sabbath. There'll be no stopping point. Now, Some people have made the Sabbath all about going to church which is really not what it's all about. It's all about stopping, balancing your life. I believe in going to church. That's why I'm here today. So I'm not against that, but I want you to be clear. The Sabbath principle started with the example God, God gave us in Genesis. And on the seventh day, he what? Do you ever do that? That's the point. And not every, every month or every year, but every week on the seventh day, there's a balanced instruction that's given to man this is how you live your life. So Moses, I'm concerned with how they're going to relate to me, how they're going to relate to themselves, and I'm also concerned about how they're going to relate to other people. What's going to happen, Moses, is they're not going to first honor their parents. Parental strife. Hey, if you and your mom and dad aren't getting along, that's exactly what God said. That's the source of the mess. Starts with mom and dad and the kids fighting about all kinds of stuff. Just always into it. Just messy. It'll be messy after church. <laughs> then he says what's going to happen as a result, I'm also concerned that they'll become violent. Murder will become a part of it. And then he said not only will it be murder, but there's going to be adultery, sexual stuff. Number seven on the list, by the way. Then he says they'll be stealing and they'll be lying and then they'll be coveting, spending their whole life dreaming about what somebody else owns. Your whole life is about driving by homes and going, oh boy, nothing wrong with looking at a nice house, but do you like your own life? Seven, eight, nine, ten things, he says, will be a problem. And it's going to cause a lot of problems. Just be messy. So, in our talk today, repeat the talk with me, please. Say, the God. the God. Notice that's a small g, right? We carve. Come on. We carve. 
and the God we represent. Notice the big G. Small g represents the God you create or the God that is not the real God. Big G is the God who is the real God. You'll see that parallel throughout our talk today. Please note with me a thought. What if I told you I found out who my God is? This, if I told you this, right? What if I said this is my God? You can't laugh at me because I have my own religious views. And in my view, he made me. And you don't have any right to belittle my view. Now, some of you are saying, Pastor Rick, that little thing did not make you. It's not about religion. It's reality. But what if I choose to believe this? I dare you smirk at me and doubt my faith. You say, you might have faith, but you're wrong. So, okay, next week I've changed. That's no longer the God. I got a new God. I can change that. This is my God for this week. Now the problem is he doesn't have any batteries, so it doesn't work, but he's still my God. And I get to choose. See, you can't tell me, and you hear this all the time, I get to say whatever I want to say. I have whatever religious view I want to have because I have that right and you do. As a matter of fact, here's what you're saying. Pastor Rick, that may be your opinion, but that's not the God who made you. So I got something else to help out. You would please. Let's pretend this is not the God. Get in there, God. <laughs> this is the God. You, you ever use this stuff? Huh? Ah. Sometimes it's hard to get your God out. There you go. <laughs> Got to work on your God sometimes. You know, your God's kind of stuck. There you go. Come out, God. There you go, God. Thank you. Now, I decide this is my God. Here's the like about my God. I can make him. Whatever I want, I get to carve my own God. And you can't say anything about it. Because it's my religious belief, and I say, this is what made me. Right there. Don't smirk. That's the God who made me and you, in my opinion. And what can you say about it? Because it's my religious view getting kind of smushed up there, God, aren't you? But because I control it, I can make him look any way I choose. <laughs> Go, God. Here's what God said. You ready? In the second commandment. This is what God said about trying to carve his image. You shall not, this is in verse 4 of Exodus chapter 20, Make for yourself a carved image and likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them for I, the Lord your God. Here's why I'm a jealous God. I don't like this. You don't get to choose and carve me into this. You don't get to say this is me. 
Now, some people say, ah, oh, I know what you mean when you say don't carve God. I get it. You're saying, you're saying, okay, here's the deal. Don't have any pictures of Jesus, right? You think that's all this is about? Some kind of picture problem? You know, this, this is not about that. It's more complicated than that. I mean, if a guy, you know, they make Jesus look like a white guy. They make Jesus look like an Asian guy. Look, Jesus is Jesus. This is not, a, he's not, look, he knows what you're trying to do. You're an actor trying to pretend, you're painting a picture, you're trying, you can't put a no face on there, so you do the best you can. So the issue is not that he's a black Jesus, because black people make him a black Jesus, you know. Asian people make him an Asian Jesus. You know, everybody, everybody's got their own little spin on it. Don't get caught up on that. This is not about that. This is about you saying, I know God, me. And I say, this is him. I get to tell you what he thinks like, what he feels like, what he likes and doesn't like. I know. Because you carved him. So the big question is, is this the God you've carved? And do you even know the real God? Because the God you serve doesn't care about the things that the big G God says he cares about. Could it possibly be true, possibly, that you don't even know him? Jesus said, you know, he said, you say, Lord, Lord, Lord. Remember Matthew? He said, they will say to me, Lord, 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 in that day, but he will say these amazingly painful words, I never ever knew you. Have you ever had anybody that didn't know you act like they knew you? <laughs> Have you ever had that? See, in my life, is really amazing. I, I, I'm known a little bit, right? So, so I get these amazing comments. People walk up to me and just say things. I, it was really funny. Sometimes they walk up and they just start talking. No hi. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that point there. That's how they start the sentence. Yeah, I agree. I'm thinking I'm picking some, well, I'm shopping. What are you saying? And they'll say, um, you know, when you, and they start talking about a sermon. I'm thinking, well, you know, which one? And, and they don't realize, I don't, look, I don't know you. So, sometimes I've had them sit at the table. Oh, this is hilarious. They'll come and sit down like I'm eating, and they just sit down. <laughs> How are you? This is, okay, what's your name? Okay, you really can't stay. I mean, really, I mean, I'm not out with you. I don't know you. Who are you? This is not good. So there are moments, and I know they're trying to be, you know, nice, and I'm, I'm really, I, like, I love people. So because I love people, it's okay with me. I have, I have fun with it. You know, I love people. I really do. I'm, that's why this job is probably good for me because I, I get a joy out of it. But I, but I know how it feels when people say things about you, and it's not true. They have no knowledge of you. They've never met you. They just have an opinion. And they don't give you any break. Could that be what God would say about you? That based on your life choices, based on the way you view things, when it comes to your sexual life, you don't care what God thinks about that. You've got your own carved view. This is how I view sexual intimacy. This is it. I have my own view. This is how I view drinking, drunk, dry, all that, all that stuff, partying, everything is, I, I really don't really care who you think, you know, because I can't, my God, 
Hey, he don't mind what I do. Somebody told me that the other day. You know, he told me, I don't mind. I don't mind talking about God as long as you understand. That's what he told me. He said, I have my own. And I wasn't bringing it up. He just kind of brought it up to me. And I thought, okay, fine. It's your God. You tell him what you want and what you believe and what you don't believe. And, and please be clear about this. This is important. But here's what God said in Exodus 20. Number one, you can't carve me into your personal preference. Say that with me, please. Come on. You cannot carve me into your personal preference. You can't do that. Should I make me? Don't, don't do that. And then number two, you got to have be clear that there are clear boundaries. Here's what he demands. Clear boundaries. Number two. Second thing he said is, you, I demand clear boundaries and mature teaching. Everything is not right by my standards, is what he said. The time will come, 2 Timothy 4 and 3, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Now, I brought this from the New Testament into this discussion because I thought it was a great verse. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own what? Desires. My desires. This is what I want. I have itching ears. They have itching ears. And they will heap upon themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth. Notice, there is something called truth. And be turned aside to fables. Look at the preacher for a second. Is that you? Are you the God maker person? Really? Is that your job? Your own views, your own interpretations. Here's what God says. Be clear. Here's what God says about this God. Okay? Here's what he says. First Timothy 2 and 5, there is one what? God. Isaiah 44 and 6, bold prince. Beside me there is no what? God. There's no God. Right? Isaiah 43, 11. Besides me there is no what? Savior. Nobody's going to save you but me, right? Remember Four, 1 Corinthians 8 and 6 says, for us there is one, what? The Father from whom all things and from whom we exist, for whom we exist. Now that's clear. Deuteronomy 6 and 4 says this, the Lord is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. There is, in God's, from God's perspective, this is not a God. It's Plato. You can make it anything you want, but it's Plato. So let me ask you about your God for a minute. How does your God think? What makes your God angry? Where did you get your definitions of what pleases your God? From you? Comment I made earlier about when God, the voice of God and all that, be careful. That you're not, if you're not careful, sometimes the issue becomes your interpretation, your view, your thoughts, your way of processing. What's the difference between your view of God and a carved God made of Plato? Does your God does your God care how you represent Him in the world? Or does it not matter? Well, please notice in this conversation, He closes out with the fourth commandment. Here's what He says. You ready? He says uh, third commandment. I'm sorry. How do you use? He says that you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in what? Vain. The word vain is the word that really means fraudulently. It means to, to use fraud. 
is to say you know somebody and you don't, or to say you are representing somebody and you don't represent them in your lifestyle. He says, you know, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord, your, for the Lord will ho not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And New Living Translation says this way. It says, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Let me give you an example of what that means. Let's say you call yourself, you call yourself a Christian, right? A believer in God. But your lifestyle doesn't say that. So you're, you are taking the Lord's name places, declaring you know him, but people who listen to you talk when you're angry wouldn't think you know him. There, there's a misuse of the name. I, I made a note for you, and it's from last week's notes, a couple weeks ago, at the bottom of the note under review there, messy relationship part one. Remember that? I have a little statement at the bottom of that, the last sentence in that is bold printed. It says, when we say we love him, do you see it? When we say we love him, but do not do what he commands, Luke 6, 46. He takes his name. We take, that's taking his name in vain. When you say you love him, right, but you don't do as he says, then you're taking his name in vain. There's, there's, a, there's a very big danger. Look at the preacher for a second. There's a big danger when you say, this is my name, but I'm not living up to it. I, used, I never would tell my kids. I had this thing about not saying, you're a temple. Right, Christina? I never made that a big deal. You're not in and say, don't do that because you're a temple. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't I, I, it was more to it than that. I, and I, I think there's more to it here than just the name. Some people say, well, if you curse, that's defiling his name. Some of that's true, but that's, it's more than that. This is about where you carry the name. So if you go someplace, right, that's inappropriate, you take our name with you. If there's something about the, about the way you live your life that's an embarrassment to the name that you say you represent. And that, that's important because if you're not careful, your God doesn't really care. The one you carve doesn't care. But God says, no, I care. Don't take my name into the crack house and say, yeah, it's okay. Please don't do that. Every night, you're going over there. Does your God care about that? Does he have any boundaries? Are there any rules? Are there any laws? See, there's something. I'm not just picking on a weakness, and I'm not picking on people who are struggling through issues or trying to find love. I am not the love basher. I'm not the guy trying to do that. I'm simply asking you a question. Whose God are you serving? The one you carve or the God in the Bible? The God. If you're not careful, this is what you got. This is all you got. And it's not enough. It's not good for you to raise your children on this. You want to know why you got so many challenges today? Why you can't reach your kids? Because this is all they got. The God your family's carved. The Smith's God. The Williams God, the temple God, the one we shape. The God we serve doesn't care how we talk, doesn't care what we listen to, 
doesn't care about anything. The God we care, he'll even, he'll even call us and, and, uh, and, 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 at the wrong time. No, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. My phone is going off. Find your phone. Heal it in Jesus' name. Say, hello. It's a good sermon. I'll call you back in a minute. Call back. <laughs> Believe me, I've been, I've been preaching and mine went off. The point is, if, you, if you're not careful, you get lost and you miss the point. The point is, this is not enough. This can't die for you. This can't help you. The real God wants to meet you. Would you pray with me, please? Father, I thank you for what we've talked about in these last few minutes. I thank you for the opportunity to think about what we're doing. And maybe it's time for us to open our hearts and minds to a new thought. <sighs> there are good people in this room. Came here to grow and learn. <laughs> they came here to try and figure out a few things. They're not here because they're not interested in you, God. They're here because they want to be. But you've been having a hard time reaching them because they're so busy still carving their own God. Why don't they just bow their knees today and say, okay, no more my own God, no more my own way, but I want to yield my life to the living God some they have to start all over again because all they've known all their life is the God they've carved and the God they've carved doesn't challenge them he doesn't convict them he doesn't draw boundaries for them he doesn't say no to them but you do because you told Moses thou shalt not have any other God before me thou shalt not carve any image of me don't make me Baptist, don't make me Catholic, don't make me American, don't make me Presbyterian. Don't make me black, don't make me white. Don't make me male who doesn't have any sensitivity to females. Don't make me, don't make me what you want me to be. I am God, spirit. I live above you for as high as the heaven is above the earth. So are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. Help us to realize, Lord God, that in our best spiritual moment, we can miss you. And there are people in this room, God, who need to come and say, God, reintroduce yourself to me, please. God, I need you to introduce yourself. Don't even reintroduce. I, I have never known you. I've only known what I wanted to know. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here today and you'd say pastor after hearing the message I get it you made me think about some things and I want you to pray for me I want you to pray for me that my life today can start down a new road I want to make sure I'm serving the real God can, can you look at me I want to say this I want you to look at me when I tell you this I had a professor was Eno. E-N-O is his name. He 
taught me the book of Romans when I was in college. I studied theology in my undergrad. And he said, students, are you saved? And he went around the room and people said, yeah, I'm saved. He said, how do you know you're saved? And he went around the room and people said things like, I got baptized, I go to church, I, I'm a good person. He says, prove to me you're saved. And as a freshman, we didn't know our way around the Bible. I thought I knew my way around, but he looked at us. He said, no, no, prove to me. Put your Bible out, students. Prove to me that you believed, Romans 10 and 9, on the Lord Jesus Christ. You've come to him and said, I believe on you. Not the God I carve. Not the Lord I carve. And I accept you as my Lord and Savior. mouth confession is made in the salvation you say it you believe what he did because you can't do anything students he'd say and that was one of his favorite lines are you saved how do you know you're saved prove to me you're saved and when the test came it said are you saved <laughs> how do you know you're saved and then he had this on the test. Prove from scripture that you are saved. Open Bible test. Show me the verses. That lives in my mind. Here's the scary part. You can go to church, love gospel music, help people all over the world, give your body to be burned. Romans 13, 1 Corinthians 13 says, and not be saved. You go to church all your life. You know people. You know people. They've been in church all their life and they are not saved. They have never, when I say saved, that means they've given, they've been saved from their old life. God, they've allowed God to reach down and pull them to the new place, deliver them from their old ways. Have you changed? If you haven't changed, what is this? you're the same don't you see that there's no difference how could, how could it be this way and you know this much you've heard this many sermons how could it be it's because of this Maybe for the first time in your life, for real, pray with me today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you'd say, Pastor, great God Almighty, you've talked to me today. I hear you. I'm a good person, Pastor. I'm doing the best I can, but you made me think today. I need to check myself, make sure I'm serving the real God, not one I've carved. If you're here today and that's you, you're watching from home or on demand and that's you I want you to raise your hand right now where you are say pray for me pastor just pray for me I'm seeing you come on put your hands up let me see you let me see you one two three four five 
7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, receive 14, 15, 16, 17, 20, 22, 4, 6, 28, 30. Father, I pray for these in Jesus' name who raise their hands. Raise them again. I want you to raise them again. Raise them up. If you haven't raised them, raise them up again. I want to see. Put them up. We pray for these. Now I want everybody, 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 if you would please, everybody, pray with me. Pray with me. Pray with me. Now I want everybody to raise your hand. Every hand up in the building. We lift our hands today, honoring you today. The God we've carved is not the God who lives in heaven, the one who we will face. We come to you acknowledging that we've been away from you, saying, forgive us. Thank you for loving us. Let this be the day that we start our new walk with you. Let this be the day that we come and say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I don't get to dictate to you. You get to tell me. You write the commandments and I obey them. And so today I come to you and bow my head to you. For fathers, I declare that you are praying not only for you, but for your children and your family. But you're declaring that in your life today, you start new with a fresh look at your life. That this is a new day for you. May the blood of Jesus cleanse and wash and heal and deliver people today. May this be the beginning of a new life for so many, both here and at home, wherever they are watching today, live or on demand, wherever they are, that this be the day. They say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I will no longer serve the God I carve. I will serve the living God. I will trust the living Savior who came and died for me on Calvary's cross. In Jesus' name. Come on, say it with me, please. Say, now I know I'm saved because I believe that Jesus died and rose again from the grave for my sin. And I am forgiven washed in his blood forever in Jesus name amen give God a big hand clap come on amen praise God and as Dr. Eno would say students that's an A (laughs) that's an A you got it don't ever forget the cross oh God I can hear him in my head today God be the glory.